0: self-esteem. It's very elusive. How do you get it? Where do you go buy it? How do you have more of it? Why does my middle schooler come home in tears when somebody says something to her? We're going to talk this week about the elusive self-esteem.
1: You're listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries and self-esteem. Sort of a new word, though, right? I don't know if generations past used the word, or is it words, self-esteem too much.
0: There's a hyphen. I don't think they cared. I think they were too busy <laughs> in years past. there wasn't an issue of clothes. You got hand-me-downs, and you went if you grew up on a farm, you went to school smelling like the farm. And so... <laughs> It's a very different issue now with more time on our hands. But I think parents and then educators have gone overboard on this thing, self-esteem, and kind of missed it. And we're so concerned about our child's self-esteem or self-worth or their opinion about themselves. And if we really miss what self-esteem is is all about, we're going to miss out with our children if we're not careful. And, and they're going to go down a wrong road of what, what self-esteem is. Our, our culture would tell you that self-esteem is given to you by other people by how much applause you get, how much praise you get. Uh, you get more self esteem by really performance, beauty, or brains. Mm. Uh, those are the kind of the three. If you're really really smart and you're Bill Gates and you get a lot of power from that. If you're really really beautiful like you. If you're really if you're really really uh, great athlete or whatever, all those things and and we want to position our children to get those positions to become America's next idol. Which, to me, some of these shows like American Idol, which I know are fun to watch, but I think a lot of people vicariously get into their winner and their champion, and they like to see other people taken out, and there's almost this uh, thing, finally, I'm around a winner, even though I'm watching them on television. Yeah. <laughs> So, self-esteem is a topic and a a part of the parenting process that parents need to come to an understanding of.
1: Definitely, and things happen every day, all day, regarding our children's self-esteem at school, on the soccer field. They get trophies for just participating. Yes, they do, and they're all the same because every you can't child have a, a winner, winner. <laughs> right? Every child
0: a winner, exactly. It, it, there's a lot of pride involved in self-esteem, and why? Why, when somebody costs me a millisecond on I-95 by trying to race to this section of the road before me, and they cost me a millisecond, why is that so horrible to me? Because they've affronted my pride and damaged my self-esteem. Do you know who I am? Hmm. And then you back off and you realize, well, I'm really nobody driving up the road in my Chevy truck, but I want to act like I'm somebody. Self-esteem for our children and the building of the building blocks of self-esteem is very, very important. Uh, how and where they go to get their self-esteem.
1: And would you say with your many years of marriage and parenting also that it it, uh, also feeds into the marriage Mm. because as spouses, your self-esteem is going to affect the marriage and the way that you parent as well, right?
0: Oh, without a doubt. I I am not the one responsible for my wife's self-esteem, but I do play a part in it. Uh, as we get to where the origin and and the, the focal point of self-esteem needs to be, I play a part in my wife's self-esteem. And that's why I, I didn't expect to talk about this, but it's f- one of my favorite topics. There's a passage in Ephesians that says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's helpful for building others up hmm. according to their needs. Uh, I think the first person I'm responsible for in that is my closest neighbor when he tells me to love my neighbor as myself Neighbor is a proximity word. Who's in my closest proximity? (laughs) Uh, Generally, it's the lady I sleep next to, except for the nights when I'm sleeping on the couch downstairs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it's a, are people blessed or bruised by me? Mm, By what comes out of my mouth, are they blessed or bruised? And the saying this year at Sheridan House has been, be the best part of somebody's day. Will somebody go home from work or home from wherever and say the best part of my day was when I stopped by at Sheridan House? Be the best part of my day. But with my children... Self-esteem, really, the word, and I, there are some Christians that have not even liked the use of the word self-esteem because they think it's the lifting up of self. But self-esteem is a diagnostic word. It's mm-hmm. how do you esteem yourself? Where do you get? Where do you look to? Where does the dial point to to feel good about me? If you're a pleaser child, then I want everybody to like me, and they hurt my feelings when they don't pick me on the baseball team. When you're a power child when you're a driven child then you don't care where they pick you or not you just want to be the picker mm-hmm. uh, i'm going for broke here I, I want a position of power and so finding my self-esteem and it's been amazing to me watching the greats in the bible that god has isolated to force their self-esteem to come to him and only him joseph grew up in, in all of life as you know ruthie for me it comes down to joseph Joseph, in Genesis 37 through 50, grew up in a very overly indulged home. Yes. And so God, at 17, permitted him to go to military academy in Egypt, and he worked for Potiphar's and Potiphar's wife as a slave from the ground up, and then the final graduate school was two-and-a-half-plus years in prison. He was fearfully and wonderfully made, and God knew the plans he had for him, and they were to be something that's ethnically impossible. A Hebrew, the prime minister of an Arab country, But God put it all together there. But God first had to show Joseph, focus on me. I will give you your self-esteem. It's not a beautiful coat or a piece of clothing that your dad gives you. It's not any of these other things. It's not anything material. And Joseph had to learn that. Moses grew up in an incredibly opulent home in Pharaoh's palace, and God had to make him a smelly sheep shepherd for a period of 40 (laughs) years and then bring him back to the bush of decision.
1: I think a lot of leaders have that uh, past also. We're raised maybe in a prominent home or not, but there was a breaking down of self so that God can rebuild, so that God can use them. But we're so afraid of that happening even with our kids.
0: Oh, more afraid with our kids. I mean, Abraham Lincoln lost every election he ever ran for until the final one. Hmm. What would even make him think he should do that? And I got to say, this is not a political statement, but it's a statement uh, somebody handed me years ago, the book called The Faith of George W. Bush. And I'm a reader, and I I read that book, and I was astounded to hear his story, and I was astounded to hear his brokenness, and I was Mm -hmm. astounded to hear him with his dad when his dad was running for president, a stumbling alcoholic at a party. And somebody came to him and said, you're embarrassing your father. Stop, you're embarrassing your father. And that began a spiritual journey of not just embarrassing my dad, but my real father and that journey led him to a calling to run for governor of Texas and a calling to run for president and the irony is in, in the book it says that he said that he never felt that he should be governor or president he felt called to run the rest was up to god wow and so the journey was what he felt called to and i got i got so much takeaway from that i want to help my children not be ruled by failure because failure is embarrassing let me let me give you a, a quick personal story about that you know that uh Six years ago, I guess, Sheridan House has multiple campuses. We have an eight-acre campus and a four-acre campus, and we were looking for a larger campus where we could not only build more children's homes and a much larger counseling center, but where we could build forty duplexes for single moms to live in and uh, spend time together. And I finally got the prime property and the opportunity to buy it, and it's sixty acres on basically on the corner of Flamingo and Five Ninety Five. And I went to two men who I knew it was a $3 million purchase, but it's a $30 million property that we were being given for 10% of the value. And so I went to two men that I knew could pay that bill or at least help pay the bill. And they're men that have been interested in Sheridan House in the past. And I met at two different restaurants in one week. And both of them said in different words basically this, you're an absolute fool to do this. You're 50 years old. You're running towards the end of your ministry. This is glide time for you, and I'm not going to be a part of something that's going to humiliate you. In this economy, there's no way you're going to find this money, and you're not going to get it from me. And one of them actually said, I don't want to hurt you by giving you this money because you won't have the money to build it out. And wow. I walked away from those lunches, and I got on an I-95, and these were guys I know and guys I look up to, and I was, I was devastated. And I got back to looking at this empty field of 60 acres with nothing on it but weeds, and it was a moment for me where I had to decide, whose am I anyway? If I am going after these quote celebrities to get whatever that could do it but just weren't gonna do it for one reason, God did you make this possible? And if you want this done, and I had to be willing to fail. I I am willing to fail because I think this is what you want me to do. I don't know if this is what you want me to have, but I do think this is what you want me to do. Only failure teaches that. Success is an experience, failure is a trainer. It's very important to understand this in the whole process of the development of my child's self-esteem. But it's also a long-term process of helping them have a little different focus, Mm -hmm. or they're going to be floating in the wind. When God went to Peter and said, Peter, your name is Simon, and Simon is a word for reed. A read the, the word Simon that, that floats, floats in the wind, yeah. And he gave him a new name. Basically, in our word, the new name he gave him in Peter was Rock or Rocky. He's calling him Rocky now. Wow. And you f- tend to float in the breeze, and now I want to stabilize you. I want you to be Rocky, and on that concept, I'm going to build this church. And you see that moment when he's standing around a fire during the trial, and three times he backs down to this little girl who says, aren't you one of them? I think I recognize you. Mm. And, and he goes back to this old name for a little while, Simon of the Reed, and misses it. My self-esteem has to be 100% in Christ, but there's a process there, and what happens is our children see their friends at school, but also we see the culture, and we, academics and grades and all these things, and then we get these these guys. There are some guys that have been kings. Uh, One of them was Elvis Presley. He was a king of his world. They even called him the king, who died a horrible life of insecurity and then there's another guy that uh, i don't even know if your generation remembers the name howard hughes
1: only through the movies now
0: yeah but basically the one of the wealthiest men in the world at that time and he died a recluse renting out the entire top of a hotel i believe in houston wouldn't let anybody around and died wearing this hospital robe that he wore all day fearful of germs and he got weird on us Because his self-esteem was in his power. I don't want to let anybody else have the power. Elvis Presley's in his power and trying to stay on top and actually stay the king. And then we get a role model like Paul, who has had it all, and he's in prison, and he has nothing. He has a congregation of one every day, the Praetorian guard that came in. (laughs) And he says, man, I've learned to be content. And wow, even more bizarre. I've learned with nothing to count it all joy. Mm. His self-esteem was intact. I am a child of the king.
1: Uh, it is true. You have to know whose you are oh, yeah. to actually know your role. So the ending of the story?
0: Of which one? Of
1: the acres, the Oh, 60 that's right. I did until the end.
0: Uh, the end was kind of amazing. I sat at lunch with a young pastor named Roby Barnes, and he said, you're going after it all wrong. Divide it up into 60 units, 60 acres, 60 units, and let different churches each give 53,000 to buy it. And 60 units in different churches and some individuals each gave 53,000 and bought the 60 acres. We're living there today. It's built out. Yes, it's bizarre. Uh, And that's no slight on them. God used those two men who are still my friends Mm -hmm. and now involved and still my friends. But he used those two men because I was focusing on, I think I know some people with money. And God, I know God was saying, "Really, Bob? Well, let's back you up a little bit, bud, and let's talk about who really supplies all the manna. There's no manna bakers out there who are who are wealthy." Come back to me, son. So it was a great time.
1: And you know, as a parent, when your child is really very confident, they know when they're walking into a a situation where I know people, I can do this, they're very confident. And if you as a parent, and it's tricky because you do want to have a confident child. You can do this. I know you could go play your best and all that, but it's how you react before the soccer game or after the game when they've lost. I think it might be a little bit of both, right? It is both. It's,
0: It's getting a focus before the game and helping them and getting them and having fun with that and being on the sidelines in my big bright orange shirt that says Roby's dad on front and back. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. And uh, getting all pumped over that. But not just that, when we lose, staying pumped. Man, let me tell you something, son, you were awesome out there. There was a commercial some time ago, and it was a commercial with a little four-year-old and a mom and a dad, and they're coming up with their soccer parent cooler and everything, and they're watching their four-year-old out there, and three or four times he goes to kick the ball and misses the ball completely, and that's his whole soccer event. And mom is watching dad kneeling down by the little boy and wanting to make sure the little boy is okay because he was horrible out there, and the little boy says, Dad, did you see me? And the dad goes, yeah, bud. Then the little boy goes, I was awesome, and mom gets it, and mom Mom's smiling because she's watching in this park, watching her husband kind of scratch his head. Uh, Hey, you know what? Effort, effort, effort. That little boy got it. He showed effort out there. And so it's me at the end of the city soccer uh, championship where Roby was in the game, and he was probably 12. I don't remember. And they moved him back to goalie because the goalie wasn't cooperating, and Roby wasn't used to goalie. He's an upfront guy. And, man, he had Wilson all over his head. They were pounding him all day. And we finished the game, they lost, and Roby and I go to McDonald's or someplace to get French fries, and we're sitting there, and I look at Roby, and I said, let me tell you something, you were awesome today. You are awesome in the front, and that's why they knew they could check on you and at goalie. And he said, yeah, but they got by me. He said, hey, you, were, you did what you were told to do. You were awesome. End of the day here, it doesn't matter whether you win or lose, it's all how you play. And he looks at me and says, you don't really believe that, do you, Dad? (laughs) And I said, no, I'm trying to right now, though, because you were great out there. Self-esteem starts with the parent, not performance, and then it gets handed off to God.
1: There's so much more we're going to get into this week talking about self-esteem. Hope you join us again tomorrow for Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. If you want more information about Sheridan House Family Ministries, you can go online to shfm.org. There's a lot of resources there, and all proceeds go to help the ministry, shfm.org. To hear this broadcast again and or sign up for the daily parenting blog, go online to parentingtoday.org.